Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Welcome back to another episode of Tis the Podcast, the podcast that's determined to keep the Christmas spirit alive 365 days per year. I'm Anthony, a.k.a. the Dorothy Spurnack of this episode. Ooh, I'm uh, Tom, the Rose of this episode. Rose Nyland. And I'm Charlene. I'm the Sophia of the episode. Sophia Petrillo. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Welcome back, Charlene. Well, thank you for having me back. I couldn't wait. I was very excited to talk about the Golden Girls with you guys. We were excited too. It has been far too long. Yes. Uh, for our listeners, Julia, you'll notice the absence of Julia tonight. She is faking illness to avoid talking about the Golden Girls because she doesn't <laughs> like the show. <laughs> Just kidding, Julia. We love you, but by default, because you're not you're not here to say otherwise, you're the Blanche of this episode. Uh, <laughs> we miss you, Julia. We do miss you, Julia. I'm sure we'll get tons of mail saying, "Oh, the two worst elves, poor Charlene." Uh, uh, Charlene's just gonna blow. Fine away. with all the elves. Let all the elves are fine with me. It's okay, Charlene. I know I'm your favorite, really. <laughs> how have you been it's been so long what what have you i mean how long has it been was it the last um, summer yeah i think so when was that that was a while ago huh i th- i was in canada <laughs> which was last summer so oh, right right it was yeah. uh well what did we do the best, best holiday? man yeah yep. yeah yeah. Wow. yeah it's been a while i mean i've just been honestly been pretty boring to be honest <laughs> um i've just been like going to work and coming home that's what it feels like anyway i had a very nice holiday season though um you know just spent time with family and uh, just really had a good time with family to be honest but other than that just normal day-to-day boring things <laughs> that's fun those are the best holidays so just time with family yes and I, I really enjoy that just sitting around having laughs with family that's like my favorite me too (laughs) yeah me three although i'm not gonna lie part of me is excited that we may be mostly normal-ish or new normal this christmas hopefully (laughs) here's hoping yeah here's hoping tom how was your week friend pass I'll talk about my week. I saw the Batman three times. Oh, wow. That's a lot of time to see the Batman. And it was awesome. Yeah, you liked it. I loved it. Uh, That's really good. I know you've been like really anticipating this for a while. (laughs) I have been. And now I just want them to just 
announce a sequel so I can start counting <laughs> down to the next one. You're already ready. I'm ready. Yeah. Um, besides that, though, I haven't really, you know, just wake up, work, go to sleep. Yeah. Wake up, work. That's about it. Go to sleep. Groundhog day. Yeah. <laughs> Groundhog day. Yeah, it feels that like that's basically sometimes. what's been happening. Yeah. I um. What was I going to say? I have something to say? I don't know. What were you going to oh, say? I was going to say, I am, though, super happy that even though the days sometimes feel long, when you look at the calendar, it's going pretty fast. We're already like mid-March-ish. Honestly, it's surprising that we're already into March. Like, it seems like this year is flying. I mean, our first big Christmas milestone comes next month. Hallmark's releasing their dream book on April 14th, which is exciting. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I really it it really feels like the year is going by pretty fast, which is like a good and a bad thing to me because that you know the bird months are my favorite time of year, but also I don't want to rush it. <laughs> I have like some things I wanna experience this year at least without it feeling like the year went by in a blur. Right. I, I feel like well, it's going by so quickly. Christine and I were talking and it's almost time like we're coming up on the time where she should start buying everything for like getting stuff in order for fall Christmas time for the shop. <laughs> yeah. About what, that time. what type of stuff do you have to look forward to this year? Do you have like events planned, vacations planned? I am going to Aruba in June. <gasps> Ooh. Yeah. Love Aruba. Yeah. From my friend, uh, it's a child. We've been friends since we were kids. She's probably like, my first friend ever so we're still friends and she um she it's she's turning 40 and that's what she wanted to do for her birthday so a large group of us are all going to Aruba to celebrate I'll see you down there I'll come (laughs) that'll be great (laughs) Tom saying no it would not (laughs) that would be creepy You have to, I mean, you're not far from New York, Charlotte. You should try to get up here this year at some point. I know you're right. I actually should. Like, I don't really, ha- I want to plan another trip, like just for me and my son, but I really, I do need to get up to New York. I really want to come up for the holidays. I just never at that time am able to do anything else, um, but just like work. And then well, you work for, you work for the post office, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Santa's busy helpers. Yeah. So it's so hard at that time of year, but it's like I just need to try to carve out some time um outside of the holiday season. We'll have to work that out because I definitely want to come up for a visit. Yes, that would be yeah. awesome. We'd have so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. And Tom, you need to plan a business trip out here too again. I do at some point. I do. I need a trip to New York. I thought I was gonna have one, but I don't know. Uh, yeah. Ellie is looks like she's going back to school. Oh, how do you feel about that? Uh, it's going to be a quiet house. She's a, she'll go back to school. Christina will go back to work. And I'll be working by myself here. It'll mm. be real quiet and sad. What? Yeah. You can work pantsless again. <laughs> I mean, I wear shorts anyway, so it's not like I do a. It's not <laughs> like it's it's much there. <laughs> That's what she said. You walked right into that one. Well, <laughs> that was too easy. <laughs> That's also what she said. <laughs> that is also what she said. <laughs> Top's just shaking his head like, no. <laughs> no. 
What is that cup you're drinking out of, Anthony? Well, this is actually the perfect segue. This is one of my geeky tiki mugs, and it's uh, Dorothy Spurnak from the Golden Girls. Oh, that's cool. Yep. So for those who that show before. I know. It's almost like we're covering it tonight or have ch- and have just covered it for a totally rad Christmas, which is also which is yeah. also Sans Julia. So, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, for those, it, it should be obvious to everyone listening, but tonight we are covering the Golden Girls. For those of you who have been living under a rock since 1985, <laughs> The Golden Girls is based on the lives and interactions of four older women who have all been divorced slash widowed and are now roommates. The term older is a bit eh, because they're the same age as uh, and just like that girls at the beginning of the series. That's which just is weird, crazy. man. It's crazy how much older they would even depict that same age that just what 40 almost 40 years ago um it it's like a, like night and day how they like just categorize this, that age bracket it's a time yeah. period because when sarah watches these with me she's like it's not like they look really old they don't have right. a lot of wrinkles or anything it's just that they're not dying they, their it's a hairstyle and the clothes mm-hmm. they dress really old yeah they do yeah yeah, that's that's crazy when you think about the fact that they're the same age as like the end, just like that with Sex and the City girls now. Which makes it funny because I remember when I was younger watching it, like thinking like, wow, Blanche still has her, you know, sex drive <laughs> and she's like an yeah. older lady. And I'm like, oh, right. she's not that old. She's the same right. age as the Sex and the City girls. So it makes yeah. sense. <laughs> and uh, also once you get older, a lot of things don't seem as old because I know I'm just like, oh, I'm not that far away. But when we're younger, it just they seemed very old. Um, they still seem very old to me. Like, yeah. It's just the way they are depicting them. It's just, I know they want people them to in their old. 60s who are much younger than this. Yeah. <laughs> my mother. So, <laughs> yeah, my, my parents too. Like, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, both of my parents are like, they're all, yeah, they don't seem old at all. That, that's why it's crazy because they're older than, than the Golden Girls are supposed to be and they don't even seem like it. <laughs> So I do want to hear your histories with the show, and I'm going to pretend I haven't heard Tom's already, but first we're <laughs> going to start off with Charlene. Okay. Ladies first. Uh, well, I used to watch this at my great aunt's house. So it's my grandmother's sister. We used to always be over there, and she would always watch this. So I was watching this as a child in real time when it came out. And then when I was like in my teens, uh, late like teens to early 20s that's when it started really coming on like marathons on lifetime and stuff like that and i watched it religiously that's when i just would watch it over and over again could 
like really just say every line verbatim. And I just have been in love with them ever since. I I have a Golden Girl shirt on today. I actually got this as a gift. It's a Christmas <gasps> Golden oh Girl shirt. I love that. <laughs> it's as, for listeners, it's Estelle wearing a Santa Claus hat. And that's amazing. Yeah. And I, I can't, at the bottom of the shirt, it says, Merry Christmas, slut puppy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I actually got this from a friend of mine um, in 2020. From I turned 40 and I had a party at Painting with a Twist for a few friends. And they did, um, they had um, a Golden Girls themed um painting and they did golden girls trivia and that's what i wanted to do for my birthday. there was very limited things we could do at that time of year anyway in that year um so we were able to do that safely and that's this was one of the gifts i got <laughs> for my birthday um and yeah i got a whole bunch of golden girls things i even have a golden girls cup that my friend got like made for me and i forgot to drink out of it today but yeah I'm very much a huge fan of the Golden Girls. (laughs) That's awesome. I love that. Um, You'll have to send us a picture of the painting you did, the Golden Girls themed painting you did. Oh, yes, yes. For sure. Uh, Tom, what's your history? Uh, I've seen this show a little bit. You know, when I was a kid growing up, I lived with my grandparents and they watched it a lot, uh, as did my great-grandmother. And it was always funny to me I think the real humor I got as a kid, Dorothy, I did not like. Blanche, I did not like. It was all Rose and um, Sophia, 100%. And um, Dorothy has grown a lot on me on the uh, grown on me a lot over the years. Uh, I'm still kind of ambivalent towards Rose. I mean, towards uh, Blanche, to be honest. But uh, when I watch these, I do have these happy feelings, and it's something uh, Christine shares with me. Her grandmother was, her grandparents were good Southern Baptist folks. And it was really funny because we were talking about this while we were watching Golden Girls for this yesterday. And she's like, you know, when I I remember growing up and my poppy would be in the living room and he would have TV on or he'd be working out in his his shop, his, his, you know, garage workshop area. My grandma would always have a son, but it'd be on quiet and it'd be on in the bedroom and she'd be listening to it in the kitchen. She's like, I don't think my grandpa my poppy knew the humor of golden girls and it was like a guilty pleasure (laughs) of this you know little old southern baptist lady so (laughs) and that's the thing i have i keep coming back to over and over again is is the 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 humor is much raunchier than i knew as a kid but it was done in a way that again as a child i could watch it it can be on when ellie's around and she doesn't get what's going on the show in terms of humor and also just topics they handled was so ahead of its time honestly mm-hmm. yeah um and it's funny that one of the ones you related to as a kid tom was sophia because apparently according to people who worked on the show sophia was the most popular with children to the point they <laughs> almost developed an animated spin-off of the life through sophia's eyes to air for children could you have imagined what that would have been like when we were kids it would have been amazing I would have loved it, but I can't imagine what it would have been like. (laughs) I would have been excited for it, for sure. I used to watch these all the time at my grandparents' house. My grandmother was a huge, 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 huge fan of the Golden Girls. Like you, Tom, I did not understand the humor as a child, but I still was endeared to them. Um, I always liked Rose as a kid, but as I've 
grown up, I realize I am essentially the male version of Dorothy uh, with some Sophia thrown in there. My grandmother was totally Sophia. And uh, so my grandmother passed away just before New Year's, um, a day, the day before Betty White. And, uh, you know, it was kind of like a, uh, what's the word, like a serendipitous thing that Betty White went right after her. And at the her grandma's funeral, we had that picture of all the Golden Girls hugging and we photoshopped grandma Aww. into it. And we said, uh, picture it, heaven, 2021. Yeah. Um, and people loved that. But in the new year, you know, I was missing my grandmother and, you know, Betty White just died. So I was like, I haven't watched Golden Girls in ages. So I'm going to rewatch the whole series. And I'm so glad I did. It had been so long. It's yeah. so funny. It still holds up in my mind. And it definitely will not be as long before I rewatch it again. Because it's, there's something so comforting about it. Like when I was doing my rewatch, it was so nice to have that on right before bed. Like when you're in that drowsy state, there's something just mm-hmm. relaxing about it. Yeah. And yeah, that's one of those that. shows that is, yeah, I, I agree as well. I mean, the show is iconic, right? Like, it's one of those shows, I think I was reading, it's the Golden Girls, The Simpsons, I Love Lucy, MASH, Friends, and Seinfeld, where you can turn it on anywhere in the world and there'll be an episode playing somewhere in another language in another country, any time of day or night, like, yeah, just in terms of popularity. I do like that it's like, I mean, universally loved. Like, it's just one of those things that everybody can kind of um, enjoy. It's not for just one type of person. Um, like, where sometimes you watch certain things and maybe it's, even though they're all women and they're all older, everybody enjoys it. Everybody can get something from it. Um, and I really like that about it. And I don't have, I don't know if I ever had a favorite. It's like, I feel like I had a favorite, but then I would say, oh, I don't know. If I like one, like, I have, I feel like I loved Sophia so much, but then I really did appreciate Dorothy so much more as I got older and Rose, like, how do you not love Rose? And then Blanche, I do. I really do like Blanche. I think she adds just the, the comedic um, part because everybody can kind of dump on her anytime. Um, So it's like, she was so necessary as well. Um, But I just thought it was just so well-rounded. And even though it may come off, if you've never seen it as a, might be just for like one type of person really everybody can enjoy that right like it transcends demographics like like you said you would think it appeals to you know women of a certain age but Mm. older women love it younger women love it men love it like straight men gay men like it just every it's universally beloved except by our good friend Julia for some reason, which like I, I have never before questioned Julia's judgment when we even when we've disagreed on things, but Julia, well, there's, man. There's always exceptions to the rule. There's all there's always exceptions. Like yeah. you know, Tom has had like 50 strikes in my book since the show started. This is probably Julia's like first big one. Like, so, so it's okay. We still love you, Julia. But yeah, and to your point about the characters, Charlotte, they do balance each other so much. And even though I don't like Blanche as much as the rest of them, I do like her. I like them all. Like, yeah. I don't think the show, I mean, we saw like once the show ended and they spun off into Golden Palace without Dorothy, it failed. Like the show mm-hmm. needs all four of them. It needs everyone. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Have you ever, so I don't remember watching Golden Palace. I know I did watch it but I don't remember it at all. Like I didn't retain any of it. 
Uh, I didn't watch it as a kid. It is on Hulu now, the whole thing. Okay. And I'm, te- I, I was tempted to watch it, especially when I found out Don Cheadle and Cheech Martin were in it. Mary, I don't remember any of that. That's why I, I need to go. I think I want to watch it again because I don't remember yeah. it. You'll have to let me know how it is because yeah. I was going to, and then I saw the reviews and I was like, Ooh, they even like, didn't, they kept the same theme song, but did a different cover of it. And it sounds weird. And Yeah. I, I know like it's definitely was not well received at all, um, but I definitely <laughs> want to check it out now. Like all these years later, see what I think of it. Yeah. Yeah. I may. See just I how mean, bad it was. Yeah. <laughs> Might make yeah. it funny just at laughing at how bad it is. Well, maybe one of those things you go with such a low expectations, like then yeah. you're like, oh, it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. <laughs> but yeah, so let's run through the cast real quick. B. Arthur plays Dorothy Spornak, who is really the mother hen of the group, I guess you would say, in a lot of ways. She's the straight woman of the group who always has a sarcastic aside and is always a cranky one. She's from New York. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, it's no wonder that I love Dorothy now, especially as I get older, because <laughs> I'm the cranky New Yorker like she is. <laughs> um, and I mean, B. Arthur's a legend. She was Maud, right? Uh, mm. But this is really what she'll always be known for more than anything, just because of how iconic the show was. I always pictured her as the Santa Claus, the Mrs. Claus to Ed Asner, Santa and elf, because she has the uh, same grumpy demeanor. That's <laughs> and, uh, funny. <laughs> I like that though. <laughs> and uh, so I've, been watching Futurama for the very first time and she was the voice of the fembot computer on, on the fem island and oh, it was wow. the only animated voice she has ever done in her whole she ever did in her whole career Futurama That's she was surprising. she was offered Ursula the sea witch but her agent turned it down on her behalf without ever asking her to do it and when she found out she oh, was furious I bet so, <laughs> She would have been a great Ursula. I mean, yeah. she just has that voice, but yeah. Oh wow, that would have been great. Yeah. Her voice with that, that would have been great. Betty White, who needs no introduction, plays Rose Nyland, who is re- from St. Olaf, Minnesota. <laughs> She's the innocent one, the I don't want to say dumb. She's very naive. That's <laughs> the perfect word. Innocent. Yeah. In it innocent and naive um (laughs) she always has stories about how things were done in her backwards town of saint olaf and nothing backwards about it i'd move there in a heartbeat (laughs) she was (laughs) even though it took them horse-drawn carriages and a plane and everything to get there that one time (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) um she's the one always a eliciting the she's probably the one with the most pure heart and she's the one always eliciting eye rolls and sarcastic comments from the rest of the girls specifically yeah. <laughs> i love how quick dorothy is at the comeback to her all the time like rose will say something <laughs> she'll be like no rose and then make <laughs> make a comment yeah. <laughs> rue mcclanahan plays blanche Devereux. this southern bell it's her house they're all living in she is widowed just like uh, Betty White. Dorothy's divorced. Um, Blanche is 
well, say living her best life. She's very in touch with her sexuality. She's very outgoing. She loves dating. She's having fun. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I like that. Uh, she's. Um, yeah, you do. <laughs> I mean, anyone who follows my Instagram stories. Anthony's got a thing for Blanche. I hope everybody caught that. I know I did. I always find it confusing rewatching the show because sometimes it seems like she has a lot of money and then other times she seems just as broke as the other girls. So I never yeah. know with her. You know, yeah, it's hard to confusing? tell. <laughs> Your feelings about Blanche. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's funny because Betty White and Rue McClanahan, they wanted them for... Betty White for Blanche and Rue McClanahan for Rose. And then they came yeah. up with the idea to switch because they were too similar to the characters they had played in the past. Yeah. And that idea was what got Dor- beat Arthur to sign on because she didn't want to just do, she thought it would be too similar to everything we've done in the past. And when she yep. realized they'd be playing against type, which is funny now when you think it's against type because now it's type, they be- it became type for them after. But yeah. Oh, but that's, that's definitely. Like I knew that, but it's like I can't even imagine it being the, the opposite, like them playing opposite roles. <laughs> no, me either. <laughs> and then Estelle Getty plays Sophia Petrillo, Dorothy's mother, who moved in with the girls in the first episode after Shady Pines nursing home burned down. Burned down. Um, <laughs> actually, the youngest of the four actresses, they put her in old woman makeup. Uh, she helped design her look and picked out the purse and everything herself and the glasses. Yeah, but. But then she ended up getting a complex about it, right? Like, like she yeah, she got like a facelift and everything. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, she also had crippling stage fright. They had to reshoot a lot of her scenes after the studio audience left because she kept forgetting her lines and everything. And then she sadly suffered from um, dementia, dementia later on. I think she was the first of the four to go, despite being the youngest. She was. And Sophia, she's a, she's so funny. She reminds me of my grandmother with that quick wit. My grandmother was always <laughs> very quick-witted. Like the the line I always think of that reminds me of my grandmother. It's in the very first episode. Uh, somebody comes to pick up Blanche for a date, and Sophia's sitting there, and she's like, and he's like, "Oh, you must be Blanche's sister." And Sophia just goes back at him, and you must need eyeglasses. And that's totally <laughs> something my grandmother would have said. And then the only other character worth mentioning here in the cast, he's probably he's the most recurring character on the show. I love him. Is Herb Edelman as Stan Spornak, <laughs> Dorothy's oh ex-husband, who is a schlub. He's that's the best way to describe him. He's a schlub. He's a he's try he tries to sell toys he's a door-to-door like prank toy salesman uh he left dorothy for a younger woman he he's a freeloader he's always trying to get money out of them but he makes me laugh he every time he shows up at the door in every episode he just they open it he's like hey it's me stan (laughs) (laughs) just makes me laugh so much um but yeah that's our cast and let's just dive right into these episodes because they are quite funny and I'm excited yeah. to talk about them. Yeah. So over the course of his run, the Golden Girls only did two Christmas episodes, which is a shame. The first was Twas the Nightmare Before Christmas, which 
aired for the first time on December 20th, 1986 as episode 11 of season two. And quick plot synopsis, the girls all plan to visit their respective families for Christmas, but their plans are ruined when they're held hostage by a man dressed as Santa Claus at the grief counseling center. So this episode starts out with a joke that we have referenced many times on this show in regards to Monica and Chandler on Friends. Blanche comes home, finds the house empty, and she brings in a man dressed as Santa because she has a clear Santa Claus fetish here. As we find out throughout <laughs> the course of the thing. No, I just no. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of weird. <laughs> and she's so happy that uh, the house is empty, but then of course. Dorothy and Rose come in the back door and so funny because Blanche is shocked and Dorothy's like let me guess you didn't think we'd be home right. and she's <laughs> like and Blanche is trying to recover she's like girls this is and Rose is like you don't need to introduce us Blanche <laughs> we know who this is shame on you Santa when you wear that suit you have a duty to act like a certain way <laughs> 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 yeah, that really... was like one of my favorite lines just right out the gate when she's just like so serious like Santa's never off duty <laughs> <laughs> he's always on duty trying to give people exactly what they want for Christmas and Dor- yeah. Dorothy's like I think that's exactly what he was trying to do yes. <laughs> I saw Blanche's <laughs> list <laughs> like, so I saw Blanche's list that's what he's trying to do <laughs> and of course Santa leaves and the girls have this conversation. Well, Sophia comes home. She, she was like, and she's funny too. She walks to the door. Who is that? And, door, and, and Betty's like, that was Santa Claus. And she's like, no, I thought it was so-and-so. I forgot who she said. But she's laden down with shopping. And she just uses Dorothy's credit card and money for everything. So Dorothy is annoyed that she spent so much money. And... Dorothy goes on this rant, which very much reminded me of Tom, about how <laughs> Christmas has become meaningless because everyone's just more obsessed with going into debt to prove how much they love each other rather than just speaking from the heart with their gifts. So the girls decide before they go their separate ways for the holidays, they're going to exchange handmade gifts, which is Rose's idea. And of course, Sophia's upset over it. She's she's like, unless the gift comes from Neiman Marcus, I'll be in my bedroom. Right. <laughs> she just storms out with bed. <laughs> so we cut to the night before they're all set to fly home. The house is now decorated for Christmas. They actually have a really nice Christmas tree in the corner of this house. And they exchange gifts. Betty White gives Dorothy a whittled maple syrup, uh, you know, what's it called? <laughs> Spigot. <laughs> Spigot. Yeah. And Dorothy's like, oh, that's so cute. And it's just, well, it'll come in handy the next time I'm lost in the woods with this pack of, oh, with this pack of pancakes. <laughs> Such <laughs> a then, random gift to give. <laughs> Rose but it's on, even, it's like, on yes. character. Yes. It's, so, it's perfectly on brand for her. Of yep. course. 100%. As is Blanche's handmade gift to everyone, which. Yes. Which is uh, a calendar. She got the same calendar for all the girls. And it's called the Men of Blanche's Boudoir, which is a calendar of all her conquests in states of undress. Um, 
And this is funny because unbeknownst to the actresses, members of the prop department took photos of themselves in exaggerated nude or semi-nude poses and put them into the calendar. So when they were filming the first take of the scene and the girls opened it and saw them all, they had to stop for like 10 minutes because they fell into hysterical laughter going through the calendar. Um, Who was Mr. September from the cast? (laughs) Right. (laughs) I have no clue, but McClanahan kept her copy and it was auctioned for four grand after her death. Wow. Yeah, that's the reason why she couldn't walk in October, remember? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but they're flipping through the calendars and Dorothy's just like, whoa. And Blair's just like, Mr. September, yeah. And then then, uh, to your point, Charlotte. surprised you could walk in October. Yeah. (laughs) And the girls are talking about after they exchange gifts, how nice they'll be home to go to Christmas. And Rose is like, there's no place can like Christmas in St. Olaf and Dorothy's like, except Christmas in New York. And the way she described Christmas in New York is exactly how it still is. And that gave me yeah. feelings as a New Yorker. And then I love this. They all decide to go to bed, except for Sophia is like, oh, I'm just going to sit here with the tree for a bit. And that's something I always do. I love staying up late during the holidays and just Absolutely. sitting in silence, looking at the tree. Dang. And the girls are like, you know what? This is such a nice evening. We're going to sit out here too. And Rose starts breaking out into the first Noel. And as she's singing, and right when Dorothy's about to join in with her, (laughs) what does she say? What's a joke she makes about chicken? She just starts telling a story, like about chickens in the pageant. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And the minute she starts launching into the St. Olaf story, the girls are like, ah, it's getting late. (laughs) Right. They don't even give her a chance. Like, oh, this is what she's doing. Okay, we're going to bed. (laughs) (laughs) Which is on brand for all of them. So the next day, Betty White's at work. She works as a crisis counselor. And she had already established the night before, I have to work. So you guys have to pick me up on the way to the airport. Because they're all leaving the same time, of course. And she's at the crisis center. She's dealing with a compulsive liar and a pyromaniac. When the girls come in, they're like, Rose, we got to go. Rose, we got to go. And she's like, hold on, hold on. And then, of course, a man dressed as Santa comes in with a gun and holds them hostage because <laughs> he doesn't want to spend Christmas alone. Right. He's going to force them at gunpoint to spend force Christmas with him. Force them <laughs> at gunpoint. And at first, and, you know, Blanche is like, you know, again, we get a hint of her Santa fetish. She makes a joke how she'll uh, distract him <laughs> so everyone can leave. And, uh, you know, Rose goes off on this guy. You are you may force us to stay here, but you are not going to force us to have a good time and celebrate a good Christmas with you. Right? What is she was wrong like, with you? She was incensed. <laughs> like, she was like, I blame what? her. Yeah, she's like, you're ruining our Christmas right now. <laughs> and it's funny because when I first saw this episode after a long time. I thought, oh, this is going to be the main plot of the episode. They're going to be stuck here for the remainder. But as a result, they were in and out, man. They were in and out. Sophia comes up. She's like, because she was laying in the car, she was like, what am I? Dash hound? You're leaving the car. (laughs) And they're like, be careful, Ma. He has a gun. And she literally takes the gun from his hand and it's a toy. She's like, my own daughter can't tell a prop gun. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she's like not even paying him any attention. He's like, oh, nope, he's holding some toy guns. Like, okay. 
which I love. And <laughs> so they all get to the airport just in time. And you talk about the pre 9-11 days. They all go in, hardly any security. And of course, their gates are all right next to each other. They all right. say a quick goodbye, hurry off to fly home to New York and Atlanta and St. Olaf when a storm rolls in and all their flights are canceled. So yeah. the girls walk out dejected. <laughs> and it's storming outside yeah like raining <laughs> and they decide to go to a diner because their car breaks down on the road yeah <laughs> that's, that's so like they gonna happen of course right right because of course, <laughs> everything like, bad that could possibly happen is happening to them right and this is christmas eve i think yeah and yeah. um when it rains it of pours right christmas eve of course and Uh it's funny because when they go in rose makes a comment oh i think the rain is even worse now than when we left the airport and dorothy's like no rose i think it was worse when our car broke down and we had to run a mile in the rain rain." (laughs) then of course sophia walks in late and she's like why'd you leave me behind out there like on the side of the eye, whatever. <laughs> you know, it's Christmas Eve. It's a diner. I think Tom, you're the one who's at least spent Thanksgiving at like a Denny's alone, right? So you know how depressing. This oh yeah, it's sad. It's sad. Uh, and it looks depressing. They're the only ones there. Um, there's just a gentleman, one gentleman working, and he's like depressed because he can't get home. He can't spend Christmas with his family, mm-hmm. and he hears them bickering and joking with each other. And then he's like, wait, you girls aren't family? The way you're talking, I thought you guys were all sisters or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, this makes the girls realize what fans of the show realize. They're a family. They are. Yeah. They may not all be blood, but they're a family. And I love that because we talk about this on the show all the time. It's found family, right? Right. And they decide, you know what? We're together. We're spending Christmas with our family. So we're going to do this guy a solid. Go home and spend a few hours with your kids and your wife and we'll watch the diner and of course he does because who, do- who doesn't do that right who wouldn't um, do that to some random ladies <laughs> who are gonna, you know. so so they're about to cut themselves slices like five, they have cheesecake they're about to of course they do they're looking for the chocolate sauce and they're like hey look it's snowing outside in miami which mm-hmm. of course it is christmas miracle right and as they all stare out the door at the snow we <laughs> Well, Rose puts on what song does she put on? Something Surf and Safari. Surf and Safari. <laughs> Instead of a Christmas song, she's like, I'm sorry, girls. And they're like, Rose, somehow this is a perfect song for this Christmas. Right. It and, felt uh, like I was thinking with that the whole time that was playing, they they really could have had a joke about that being like the number one Christmas song in St. Olaf, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> and when uh, it was an accident. <laughs> As they're all gathered around the door, kind of like with their arms around each other, watching the snow in amazement, we fade to black in the episode ends. Yeah. Very sweet ending. I thought this was very sweet because they all, like, you know, as close as they are, they didn't, it's like they finally, once they got to the end and he thought that they were family, the waiter, um, mm. it's like they realized they should just appreciate spending Christmas together because even though they couldn't be with who they, you know, um, intended, they're like, their family bond is special as well. So they just decided to let's make the best of it with each other. I like that. Mm-hmm. 
I do too. And it always makes it does always make me laugh when people comment they're not family because two of them are family. Dorothy yeah. and Sophia's daughter. Yeah. yeah. None of them correct that though. None of them ever correct that. They're all okay with I mean, I, I don't get that part. Half of us are indeed family. <laughs> uh, uh what did you think of this one, Tom? I liked it. I, I loved this one. This one gave me all the feelings. I've talked about before when we cover like movies set in LA or Florida or someplace warm during Christmas, how that kind of takes away just because you don't get the cold, snowy atmosphere. But we don't see outside scenes in this. Their house looked gorgeous with that tree, and yeah. we get the snow at the end. So it really did make me feel Christmassy, this one. Yeah, I think it so. really did feel Christmassy. And I think had they stuck with, you know, been stuck in a long pot in a in a long story with the Santa kidnapper, I don't think I would have liked it as much. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. yeah, and it's interesting watching it, right? Because like a lesser show could have had this could have been three different Christmas episodes, right? You could have had the one where, oh, we're celebrating yeah. the whole plot would have been we're celebrating before going home with our family and we'll have been their Christmas celebration together. Another one would have been just a high uh, the hostage situation. Mm-hmm. Then another one would have been the missing their flight and being forced to spend Christmas together. But the way they yeah. combined it, like, I like that. Yeah. It, it seemed, good. like, genuinely, like, that could happen. I, like, I agree with Tom. I'm glad that they didn't stretch that hostage situation out. And it was, like, done really fast. And Because it's like, there's a lot of times where they'll drag those kind of scenes out. Not the Golden Girls necessarily, but just in general. And yep. it's like the realization or their quote unquote Linus moment will happen in that hostage situation instead of like them moving on. And I think, I think it worked better just the way they did it. I like that. Yeah, I agree. And it, did, it did have a strong Linus moment too, where they realized they were family. They may not be mm-hmm. blood or related, um, but they are family. They love one another. And I love that. That's sweet. Yeah. And uh, do you guys have quotes? Because I do this. <laughs> episode was amazing yeah i do my quote we already talked about it was in the very beginning my favorite thing was just when when rose was just talking like really indignant with santa and santa's never off duty as long as you're in that uniform the only thing that better be on your mind is giving people what they want for christmas and dorothy says he was trying to rose i saw blanche's list (laughs) that was my favorite (laughs) so (laughs) we talked about mine briefly but uh, Blanche is telling the story of how she met her late husband, George. And she's like, did I ever tell you girls how I met my Georgie on Christmas Eve? And Rose is like, oh, Blanche, how exciting. And she's like, let me tell you, just how exciting Christmas Eve can be. And she first tells a story about meeting a guy and they're like, oh, George. No, that was Richard J. Wilde. And then she tells another story and Rose is like, George. And she's like, no, no, that was Ernie Willis. And then she tells another story and they're like, George. And Blanche is like, no, Thomas Benville. Well, after Thomas and I left and Dorothy's just like, Blanche, I could get herpes listening to this story. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's pretty great. Like when they were all when they were all together, and like, well, isn't it isn't it funny how sometimes it takes a total stranger to point out something that's been here right in your face? And Rose says, "We were all feeling so sorry for ourselves. We forgot we are actually we are celebrating Christmas with family." And Dorothy says, "Merry Christmas, Rose. Merry Christmas, Blanche." Rose says, "Merry Christmas, Dorothy. Merry Christmas, Blanche." Blanche says, "Merry Christmas, Rose." And Sophia's, "What the hell is this? The Waltons?" <laughs> <laughs> 
Sophia's great. She has some great lines. I loved her the airport. They have the airport and the airport guy has roses. He's like, excuse me, would you like to buy a flower? And Sophia's like, beat a chrome dome. And while you're at it, get a job, get a suit, and get on your knees and beg your mother's forgiveness. <laughs> she was so funny. I liked when uh, Sophia saying how she spent, uh, how expensive everything was. And she spent $89 on a doll, on a doll for her granddaughter. Dorothy says, Ma, you had $89? And Sophia said, don't be ridiculous. I charged all my gifts with a credit card I got out of your purse. <laughs> Dorothy said, you're taking them all back. Sophia says, even the beautiful cashmere sweater I got for Blanche? Blanche is cashmere. I love cashmere. So don't tell me. Tell Scrooge. <laughs> <laughs> like when Rose is like, we could have an old-fashioned Scandinavian Christmas. And Dorothy's like, Rose, I am not going to drink eggnog while wearing a metal brassiere. And Rose is like, we don't do that at Christmas, Dorothy. We do that at Easter. Yes. <laughs> Wrong holiday. Duh. <laughs> eggnog at Easter? Hmm. <laughs> I, I do have one more, and it's uh, it just so, shows Sophia like just being so abrasive to everyone, and it's uh, the the cook at the diner is like, oh, can you cook? And Sophia's like, what? Are you black? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's some humor throughout all of these shows that would yeah. not make it fly today. today. Yeah. 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 That was the Golden Girls. We already that was twice the nightmare before Christmas. We already said it had a Linus moment. It's definitely a Christmas episode, right? Hundred percent. Yeah. I mean the Christmas music, the uh, Rose singing, the Beach Boys. It was just hundred percent Christmas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what would you rank it? Ten. I was going to give it a ten too. Fake, Ju- yeah. fake Julia. What are you going to give? It? 10. Yeah, you know what? That gives us a perfect score of a 10 because Julia's not here to argue otherwise. <laughs> I'm sorry, Julia. It was good. It's a good episode. It was a good episode. The first Noel, the angels did say. Did I ever tell you about that? <laughs> One Christmas, we tried to launch a production of A Christmas Carol with an all-chicken cast. God, look at the time! Is it that late? Oh. I'm so tired. So the only you other know, Christmas also a good episode. This next episode, have yeah. yourself a very little Christmas. The second and only other Christmas episode that the Golden Girls did, which aired on NBC December 16th, 1989, when Anthony was only two and a half months old. <laughs> Um, it aired as episode 12 of season five. So this episode starts out again with the girls returning from shopping and Dorothy once again complaining about how expensive Christmas is. And this is when there's a knock on the door and who shows up? Hey, it's me. Hey, it's Stan. me. Stan. Stan. <laughs> and he has... like, You're married to this woman for 30 years. <laughs> you see her, you stand to me. Right. So I'm going to start doing that to Christine. <laughs> Dumb. <laughs> like she recognizes you i think actually i'm gonna start doing that on our podcast when we all get on from now on and we'll see if julia listened to this episode because she'll either know why i say it or she'll ask about it in three weeks yeah <laughs> hey it's me Tom. 
That's amazing. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> we'll also know. So, we'll also know if Julia watched these episodes where she got sick, so she she <laughs> We love you, Julia. Even even yes. if you just bailed because you hated Golden Girls, which I don't think you did. We love you. <laughs> so Stan has a small get rich quick scheme. He wants them to invest in. And the girls refuse and Stan leaves. So once again, Dorothy is like, like, look, let's, instead of buying each other presents because it's so expensive, how about we do Secret Santa? And this confused me a bit because Dorothy just came back from shopping. So either she didn't finish shopping or she was just going to go return everything. Because the reason she gives isn't only expense, it's, it's how hot and crowded all the stores are. Yeah. She was talking about getting get gifts for the grandkids. So I don't know if like, I don't know if she was just shopping for the grandkids or what. She just mentioned a gift that she got for one of her grandkids. Right. So I don't know if maybe that was to mean that's only the shopping she was doing or what. So everyone picks a name out of a hat and everyone is nervous they're going to get Rose. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Blanche gets Dorothy and I love Dorothy. She's like, yes! <laughs> uh, yeah but then when like uh, Dorothy picks Sophia Sophia Sophia, yeah and then they like high five (laughs) which I loved and Rose is just so oblivious she's like oh this is fun because she's much fun they're having Um, yeah there are I did find this a little bit mean-spirited compared to how they normally are with Rose but you know it was funny it was funny um, it's more funny because Rose didn't seem to get it. <laughs> right, 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 exactly. Yeah, so her feelings weren't hurt. <laughs> that I love. Rose picks her name out of the hat, and Rose gets Rose. And Blanche is like, yes! <laughs> and then Dorothy's like, Rose, you can't pick yourself. <laughs> and Rose is like, oh, thank goodness. I'm so hard to shop for. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she ends up getting Blanche, of course. Yeah, so what do they get each other for Christmas? Rose's gift actually for Blanche actually ends up being nice. Um, she got her like a really nice blouse. Right. With and she buttons. was expecting it to be really bad. Um, but <laughs> that was I like, one of my favorite quotes after that. When You want to you give that one now? Yeah, I'll do it now. It's like Blanche says, why Rose? It's a beautiful blouse. And Rose says, I hope it's all right. Dorothy said you'd like something crotchless. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, is this also the episode where there's a line here and I think it's when I think it's when Rose is talking about how she's going to volunteer at the shelter for Christmas she says you know girls I've been thinking and Blanche says well that would explain the beads of sweat yes. <laughs> <laughs> that is one of my other lines <laughs> that's the problem with these shows though like you say do you have favorite quotes where do I start and where do I end like <laughs> You can li- you literally, three, you could because- act the whole episode out. Yeah. <laughs> right. Because the, uh, the, the, so many of the lines, I mean, it's just full of one liners. That It's like the yeah. office, right? When we did the office and we basically read the script for every episode. <laughs> yeah. It's the same thing. It is. This show is so quick-witted, like mm-hmm. so quick, which I love. So yeah, uh, Rose is like, you know, because she's a little disappointed they only got one gift for each other, she's like, well, that's okay, because I'm going to get my dose of Christmas fear from volunteering at the church shelter this year. 
And after they all open gifts on Christmas morning, they're like, you know what? We're going to come too, because they're all in that giving mood at that point. Mm -hmm. They all enjoy the gifts they're getting. So at the church, the girls are, you know, they get a little dose of reality. They say they don't expect kids to be here and everything. And uh, there's a nice little jab at our Republican president at the time, Ronald Reagan, when the priest who Seinfeld fans will recognize as Lloyd Braun, George's uh, childhood rival, he mentions, uh, you know, I wonder if when the guy was talking about the shining city on the hill, he was talking about people sleeping on grates. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a very, like, sad scene. Yeah. Um, so the girls are preparing the food and a man dressed as Santa comes in. And this made me laugh because this is actually when it made sense for him to say it because Dorothy's like, hi, Santa. Yeah. <laughs> and Santa pulls out his beard and he's like, hey, it's me, Stan. <laughs> <laughs> Only time it made sense for him to say that in like the whole series. <laughs> and Dorothy is like... <laughs> annoyed and shocked and she's like what happened with your business plan and stan explains to her that you know it failed and he was kicked out of his house by his wife catherine for infidelity yeah. okay, so here's my other question how is he getting all these women and he consistently did, like he got married again like later like this like, <laughs> yeah i think so <laughs> annoying <laughs> dorothy has a great line after he says they got kicked out of the house for cheating and she's like stan that makes our infidelity so much less special <laughs> <laughs> and uh while <laughs> while he's like wallowing in self-pity dorothy's like you know what you're not alone in the situation look around you be considerate people here are not as fortunate as you even yeah. in your situation right now stan doesn't see it that way and mm -hmm. so the girls talk to the pastor who says Stan's situation is not uncommon, uncommon and how most people are just one paycheck away from being out of the street. Mm -hmm. Still resident until today. When you look at the statistics, everyone, most people are living paycheck to paycheck, sadly. Yeah. Not even just in our country, in many countries around the world. Yeah. Very sad, very scary. So it's crazy that things have not changed in 40 years here yeah it was years. surprising how relevant that still was um really was. here yeah and you know they really get a little political here they talk about the unfairness of the government and you know how hard it is to pick yourself up financially when you lose everything and dorothy at this moment she starts feeling a little bad for stan she goes to talk to him and give him a pep mm -hmm. talk she's like you know what You've been able to get out of these situations before. Cheer up. And they reminisce about a Christmas past where, uh, what did he say? He said something about he cheaped out on the kids' gifts, but they didn't know oh. any better. Like, <laughs> that was when they, like, he acted like the, the December 26th was actually Christmas or something at the with the family at their family christmas he told the kids that the next day was actually christmas and then they like got a christmas tree from some like they stole somebody's christmas tree they took out not stole yep. but i mean yeah <laughs> and oh yeah and he trimmed it with gum wrappers and pull tabs turned on jim thorpe all american told him it's a king of kings and they yeah. believed it too and dorothy's like right up until jesus got his medals taken away for playing professional baseball <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and stan's like yeah kind of got to be a tradition for us yeah. um so, but you know what he's still he says that situation is different and he's not gonna be able to get out of this one so he asked dorothy for money again and she's like you know what here's 60 dollars. just leave 
and yeah. he leaves. We cut to later in the day. Things are kind of wrapping up a bit and the girls are expressing they wish they could do this, help more with the church, yeah. help more frequently, more actively and do more. And then Santa, Stan dressed as Santa, comes back in with a bag of presents for all of the kids, which it was a sweet moment. Even yeah. Dorothy, who doesn't, well, she has a lot of sweet moments, but it takes a lot for Stan to get through to her. She's touched yes. by this. Um, and they, you know, praise him for his selflessness here. And he realizes, he tells them, he realizes his privilege, you know, he wasn't as fortunate as he wanted to believe, especially compared to everyone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and he starts listing off a new business plan. Oh and, my God. <laughs> and he apologizes to Dorothy by giving her flowers, $60 worth of flowers that he bought with the money she gave him. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he's excited oh. because he's allowed back home. Yeah. And uh, the episode ends again with the girls expressing their desire. They wish they could help the unfortunate uh, more days than just Christmas. Yeah. So, what did you think of this one? Because I like this one, but this one is kind of heavy for it a normal that Christmas other side of Christmas that we talked about, right? Yeah, yeah. it yeah. showed the yeah the sad side of Christmas the and sad even side like of they life were... in general. Yeah, yeah, and like they were even saying in the episode, like okay, but after this meal that they get, like what's their next meal? When are they going to get their next meal? And that's like the sad unknown. You don't know what they don't know where they're going to get their next meal so it's like it's all well and good to do this for christmas but it's like now then what so it was it was very heavy for that because it makes you think about that because we still that's still very relevant for today um like thinking or hope wishing you could do more Mm -hmm. yeah and the golden girls never shied away from heavy topics i mean they had the aids scare where rose thought she might have got infected with an aids needle uh they had the one Mm -hmm. where they um spent the night at a homeless shelter because uh it was it their lottery ticket was under the donated bags and they were trying to find it and they realized oh crap this is awful uh so they they do it quite a lot sophia's friend who had dementia that she made friends with and it was very sad her other friend who wanted you know, the assisted suicide. So they mm-hmm. dealt with a lot of stuff like that on this show. And, uh, you know, I always felt like compared to other shows where stuff like that can come across as very special episodes, as they would call them, or after school, yeah. especially the Golden Girls did a good job because they have those quick-witted one-liners throughout. Yes. They, it, they did a good job balancing their humor with the seriousness. Yeah, I, that's what would make it not so like pandering or like after school specially because they still kept true to how they were like and they would they're just going to have those one liners and it's still going to be funny even if it is like a serious episode there's going to be funny parts so it still seemed genuine it just didn't seem like they're just putting on to try to you know it's the same thing away. the it's the same thing the designing women would later do mm-hmm. yeah and you know what? And that's a great point because that's what I wanted to say earlier, Tom. Like when you talk about the Golden Girls' impact, I mean, on pop culture and TV in general, without Golden Girls, there would be no Designing Women, no Desperate Housewives, no Sex in the City, none of none of these shows. Like that showed right. like four women, four women without any male attachments really could right. 
thrive and resonate with people of all demographics, to your point, Charlene. Right. So it really was a cultural touchstone that uh, inspired what was to come, like very much in the same way that, you know, without The Sopranos on HBO, there would be no Breaking Bad or the age of the antihero later on. So, mm-hmm. yep. but yeah, so this one, I don't want to say it felt less Christmassy because it did feel Christmassy, just in a different way. A different Christmas. Yeah. A yeah. different Christmas. Um, and it definitely had its Linus moment. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I, I oh, mean, it had a beautiful Linus moment, and uh, it had it. It was very. Oh, we also neglected the blatant attacks on the administration at the time as well, which, which I love. Girls were, were were want to do. Yep. Watch an episode came on in the background uh, a couple nights ago, and it was when George Bush was coming to meet with. Uh, oh right, <laughs> to yeah. meet with, and they they were going to look at their house. Yeah. And Dorothy really wanted to tell him off, and they got speechless in the end because she was still yeah. speechless meeting the president. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And I made a mistake, listeners, I, because I know there's going to be some wise guy out there who's like, oh, this guy's a political buff. I know George Bush was the president at the time, not Reagan. Okay. I yeah. said Reagan accidentally. Apologies. Yeah. I caught myself here. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, do you guys, just in general, do you guys like Stan as a character? I do not. <laughs> no. no, I dislike him so much that I like him because when he's on, I just I end up laughing and getting annoyed. And I think what I like him more, I, I don't like him because what he does to me is what I see as like emotional abuse of Dorothy repetitively. Yeah. But I love Sophia and Stan. Oh, <laughs> I love Sophia. And Stan. She yeah. hates him yeah. so much. Yeah. It, that's a good way of putting it, Tom. Like it is really emotional abuse of Dorothy to the point where even in the finale, he tried to stop her wedding to uh, Leslie Nielsen's character. He drove yes. the limo yeah. and tried to like make one last, hey, let's run off together. So I yeah. hated that. I hated, I hated that, that too. So much. I think that I, I I do not like his character on the show. However, it's very necessary for a lot of comic relief. Like there is mm-hmm. a lot of like Sophia yep. getting the, these lines off and even Dorothy as well. Like um, all of them, to be honest, at, so- at one point or another. But so he's necessary for that. It's a lot of funny happening because of him. I just when his character will come in, I'm like, all right, here he comes. <laughs> you know, he. I think he he definitely had a big impact on this show because like mm-hmm. he is such a large presence. But when you look in all their episodes over seven seasons, he's only in 20. Really? 20 something. Like, I think it's 24. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So he had a huge. Right. So he had a huge. They talk about him a lot if he's not often seen. So he was a big presence. And I think to the actor's credit, he could have been somebody who you, I know you don't like him, Charlotte, but he could have been someone. Yeah, really hate. But he made Mm -hmm. him, this guy did a good job making him more of a lovable uh, schmutz. Uh, yeah, pathetic. He's pathetic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. So it's like the times when even him wanting to like try to scam them at Christmas time, that kind of <laughs> stuff annoyed me. But then he'll t- he turned it around at the end of the episode and end up. Yeah, it was a very sweet thing he did for the kids, the homeless mm-hmm. children. So he did. He turned that around. But it's like that. Those are the moments when he walks in. I'm like, okay, here he goes again with something. <laughs> 
I, I even did, given her that gift, like he gave her a gift that, of something free he got from Sports Illustrated. <laughs> <laughs> I do like though that like because a lot of shows like you'll never see the X or like there will be no residual feelings. I do like they acknowledge multiple times about the show. Yeah, we were together thirty years. We have kids together. There's always going to be some part of me that still loves you, Stan. Yeah, and I f- I feel like that is real. Yeah. But yeah, so I have quotes for this one too. Do y'all? Yeah, like I said, one or two of mine already. <laughs> I'm just going to piggyback then, right? What Tom said, because that was a good segue. <laughs> when he shows up, when Stan shows up at the door at the beginning, Sophia's like, it's a nightmare. We've been visited by the yucks of Christmas past. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> Sophia never disappointed when it, especially when it came to making Stan look and look stupid. Basically. Yeah. No, that's what I I mean, it was just it was the best. Mm-hmm. And she always knew, like, you know, whatever Dorothy felt for him, he was bad for her. Because remember they had that yeah. episode, they were gonna get married again. And Sophia's like, if you get married, I'm not gonna talk to you. I don't want to see you hurt again. I'm not going to that wedding. Yeah. You know, if you've ever known somebody who made that kind of decision, who made a bad marriage decision, and you know it was bad, you just watch slowly as this train wreck unfolds over, you know, months or years, and it's just depressing. Yeah. Yeah. And I always, I think that's part of the reason why I didn't like Stan so much is because he just, like, Dorothy had a soft place in her heart for him, and I just felt like he just manipulated that a lot. He played on that uh, a lot just so that he for his own gain even he knew that and it was just like okay i'm gonna use this to my advantage so i can get what i want in this moment and then i'll be out yeah absolutely <laughs> and there was such an it added so much depth to dorothy's character because she was that hard stone new yorker except there were places like this like like scenes with with Stan where she's weak yeah or not weak she's vulnerable she's yeah she's more two to she's more you know she's more three-dimensional as a character mm-hmm. i have some quotes <laughs> and it's uh, uh so Dor- the girls explained to rose you know they want to do secret santa this year and rose is like but dorothy i love christmas and i love giving presents at christmas besides if we draw names out of a hat whose names are they going to be <laughs> and dorothy's like the oak ridge boys rose each other's <laughs> I like when they were discussing eating birds and Blanche says, Sophia, larks aren't eating birds. They're singing birds. She says, they don't sing long in Sicily. (laughs) (laughs) I like that they're baking cookies at the shelter. And Dorothy's like, why are the Christmas cookies shaped like the Liberty Bells and American flags? And Rose is Uh, like, I couldn't find the Christmas cookie cutter. So I used the 4th of July one. Yeah, I was going to say something about that, too, when she used, she went out of her way to make it red, white, and blue flags and everything with the frosting. Like, she could have just made it a gift. She could have just made the bell a Christmas bell. She right, just, was, right. like, so far into, like, it's these are Fourth of July cookies, so I'm just going to, you know, do what they are. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go ahead and go back to where Blanche talked about Rose and how for half an hour you've been decorating the house, humming jingle bells and yelling, hey, now why do you do that? Rose says, because it's too hard to hum the hey part. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I like when Sophia has floss, which her son Phil sent her for Christmas. And she says to Dorothy, 
Your brother Phil, God rest his brain, sends the stupidest gifts. What kind of present is dental floss? And Rose is like, well, it's waxed and minty. And Sophia throws her the floss and is like, here, go floss yourself. <laughs> <laughs> like without skipping a beat at all. <laughs> <laughs> I like how they, there's, of course, the fruitcake joke where they give away all the food and like, I think everything's gone. And Sophia's like, yeah, except the fruit fruitcake. Somehow we have more of it now than when we started. Yeah. I don't know the exact quote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I can't remember it... the exact quote either, but about this scene when Dorothy was um, shopping, currently shopping, and she talks about fighting a woman for the last Batman hat. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> yep, she but said, she got it. Yeah, it, so I have the quote, and she says, you know, Robbie wants a Batman hat. I went to six different stores. They were all sold out. I finally went to one store where they have one hat left, and another woman saw it. I cannot believe a person will push a perfect stranger out of the way, step on her hand, and give her an elbow to the forehead just for a Batman hat. But I did it anyway. (laughs) Yeah. That was great. What would you rank it? I think I'm going to give it a nine. I really liked it, but it's when things are more heavy, it gives me less Christmas feels, even though it was very, it was still very Christmassy, but uh, it brings me down in a way. So I, I guess I take off a point. I hate to like dock at a point, but it takes it. It's not a 10 in comparison to the other episodes. You know what? I agree. I'm going to give it a nine as well. Uh, You talked me into it. I'll go with a nine. (laughs) Math is easy. So that gives us a nine. So we had a 10 and a nine, which I think is probably the most consistently high Christmas episodes we've ever done for one show. So I have two questions for y'all. As an adult right now, after watching these episodes, how would you rank the four golden girls from favorite to least favorite? Um, So it's going to be hard for me and it's going to depend on the day. I know. Different episodes, I probably feel differently. It is hard for me to rank, like, to have a favorite. I think I said that in the beginning. It's hard for me to have a favorite because I really do like them all. Um, but if I have to rank them, Blanche would be the low, number four. Yep. Rose would be third. Yep, me too. Then Dorothy, then Sophia. I would be Blanche for... Rose three, Sophia two, then Dorothy one. Mine would be Sophia, Rose, Dorothy, Blanche. Oh, okay. Now ask, I think I may have, now ask me next week and I'll probably say something different with the only <laughs> consistent being number four. Yeah, yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree too. I mean, that, that's the thing. They're all great. I like the three yeah. of them better than Blanche, but even I like Blanche. So like, yeah. and we said, they show couldn't work without all four of them. So. Yeah. Yeah, I think we but, need to get in soon and have Charlene back to do the Golden Palace Christmas episode and see how that one compares. I'm here for that. I am here for that. I'm I already that. like I know I've seen it. I just don't remember it. So I really want to go back and watch it anyway. That that is also we'll we'll know Julia's listening to this because Julia, that's your punishment for missing the Golden Girls. We're now oh, going to subject no. you to the Golden Palace. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my second question, obviously. Thank you for being a friend is iconic. Mm-hmm. It's one of the most iconic theme songs out there. In your opinion, mm-hmm. what are some of the other iconic ones? They, now they don't have to belong to a show you necessarily even like, but like, what would you say? Like, if you heard the theme song, the average person would know. Oh, the Friends theme song. 
Friends yep. and I think Friends and Cheers for sure. The two of them. Yeah. Yeah. The Wonder Years has a very specific theme song that I will always remember. Mm-hmm. I'd say the Brady Bunch. Oh yeah. And Gilligan's Island, but I would say The Simpsons is probably one. Uh, um, three companies really, really coming knock on our door. Oh yeah, the theme, theme songs used to be so much more iconic back in the yeah. day. Family Matters was a really good theme song. I don't know if you guys remember it, but um, which one was that? Uh, it's a rare condition. This day, in this day, 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 day. And age. <laughs> to see any good news on the newspaper, newspaper yeah. page. <laughs> Love and tradition, the grand design. Zombie, I, the facts of life. <laughs> yeah, you take the good, you take the bad, you take the both, and yeah. there you have the facts, facts of life. Facts of life. <laughs> um, so I want to know what other people would put in that iconic bucket. Well, the more I think about, it, the more I, I, I'm ready to ask you it. Though I mean, I just can keep going. going. <laughs> no, we keep thinking of them. Uh, Frazier? I, don't know I, I would know Frazier. I don't know if the average person eggs. would. Calling again. <laughs> so uh, they know. might be giants. They might be giant song from uh, Malcolm in the Middle. Scrubs. Yep. The Superman song from Scrubs. See, I can just keep going, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to know out there. Oh, Andy <laughs> Griffith. Remember the whistling from Andy Griffith? Oh, yeah. Beverly Hillbillies. I'm gonna listen to the story about a man named Jed. Poor <laughs> mountaineer barely kept his family fed. Family fed. <laughs> then one day he was shooting at some food. food. Went up, and up to the ground came bubbling <laughs> brew. Seinfeld. Oh, that is. Doom, 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 doom. Yep. They all. <laughs> I'm really kind of surprised you couldn't. You didn't say that one. Twilight Zone. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so lis- listeners, every Ooh, theme wait, song out there no, is iconic. Fresh Prince of Bel Air. How could we forget that? And also, the oh, new yeah. Show the oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Terrible. The new show is amazing. I, I was going to say, I've heard good things. So, essentially, listeners, my question is null and void because every theme song out there is iconic. So, forget my question. <laughs> Who's but, that girl? Who's that girl? <laughs> it's Jess. If you have, if you have something to add, let us know. And where can Full listeners house? let us know? I we're officially calling this segment like it's done, right? <laughs> it's done. It's done. Loki, it's been done. You just see it. <laughs> oh, let's keep going. I'm here for it though. Let us. We we almost y'all. forgot about Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Oh, uh, who's the boss? <laughs> There's a time for love and a time for living. Take a chance and face <laughs> Yeah. Law and order. Dun, 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 oh, dun. Yeah. Every law and order. I'm not narrowing it down. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Let us know. Oh, the nanny. The nanny was really <laughs> iconic too. Yeah. Let us Ooh. know. Uh, talk to us anywhere you, you are. We, ha- we probably have a place for you. Uh, if you go to linktree.com slash tis the podcast you will find all of our social pages and you can talk to us there and we would love to hear from you yeah including patreon where things will start going up soon so keep your eye on patreon charlin i just want to say thank you so much for being a friend (laughs) (laughs) um it was so wonderful having you on it's been way too long that was iconic (laughs) yes we have to get you on sooner yes Anytime. We are 
Anthony, we are both abject failures. Adam West, Batman. Oh, yeah. I feel like we're probably going to hear about that from, from at least Jerry. Probably. <laughs> Love you, Jerry. Darlin, it was fun to see you. It was great to have you here. And I look forward to talking to you. Golden Palace with you, whether we yes. like it or not, it'll be an oh, interesting experience. I'm, I know it'll Tom, be an experience, you know, and I'm ready. I'm here for Tom, it. You know what we should do for that one? We should both call out six and Julia has to host. Oh, no. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> April Fool's Day. Let's schedule for April Fool's oh, Day, but oh, not tell her it's an April Fool's joke. Oh, that would be epic. You know, Julia would just cancel the recording, though, right? <laughs> <laughs> she probably would. Like, oh, so Charlene, um, uh, Charlene, do you have anything to plug? Um, go follow me on my Instagram at forever underscore Char. Uh, my podcast, Fashion Speaks Podcast, is getting a makeover, but <gasps> I will. You can check it out. There's going to be some new things happening there, but still, Fashion Speaks Podcast on Instagram and yeah that's it tom do you have anything to plug yet are you ready to plug anything yet almost um in the next well we've got to record a few episodes but i have a new side project podcast coming out fun stay tuned anthony uh, do you have anything to plug yet i have a new side po- uh <laughs> project podcast coming out too um which is very relevant for tonight it's called the golden bros and it will be four guys uh taking a journey through the golden girls episode by episode covering it from a guy's perspective and it's going to be me jerry d of totally rad christmas chuck from just another friday night and santa matt so stay tuned can I honorarily come on on multiple episodes and just say, hey, let's be talking. Oh my God. Yes, please. Can I do the stand? Can I do the stand? I was about to say, what? Every, every episode is stand. I was going to say, yeah. Like, you should do that every, yes. Yeah. Every That's what's happening. <laughs> That's what's happening. <laughs> I love it. Um, but yeah, so I'm excited to launch that. We're, again, we are trying to get a few episodes recorded in advance too. So it'll probably launch sometime in April. But stay tuned. Uh, as me and Tom have discussed offline, though, Tis the Podcast is still our baby and our priority. So no worries. You'll still get your weekly content and all that stuff. So You'll just have more places that you can subject yourself to torture by listening to Anthony <laughs> or Tom. <laughs> <laughs> so next week, we are continuing Women's Month by covering the first three Sabrina the Teenage Witch Christmas episodes. So if you want to follow along, that's season one, A Girl and Her Cat, season two, Sabrina Claus, and season three, Christmas Amnesia. And we will be joined by Kendall Foray from For Fork's Sakes for that episode. And then if you like Sabrina the Teenage Witch's later years where she's in college, We will be covering those the week after. So if you want to follow along, that's season four, Sabrina nipping at your nose. Season (laughs) five, Sabrina's perfect Christmas. And season seven, it's a hot, 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 hot Christmas. And April Riley will be joining us for that one. So lots of good stuff. I wonder if Cal Penn is in any of those is in any of those episodes. We didn't even talk about that. You mentioned that briefly. So yeah, Cal Penn was cast in the Santa Claus miniseries that's coming to Disney+. Plus. Presumably, they didn't confirm it as the replacement for Tim Allen, the one who's going to take over for him. Really? Um, yeah. Yeah. 
based wow. on the character description, the fact that his name is starts with an SC, um, and the character description sounds like Scott Calvin in the first one, overworked oh. and yeah. Yeah. Wow. Fun. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, lots of stuff to look forward to, but perhaps the thing I'm most looking forward to is the fact that we only have 7,032 hours until Christmas. It's only 293 days. That's 41 weeks. Get Bye. excited. We're almost in the 30s. Do your homework. Charlene, thanks again. You're welcome. Anytime. I had a blast. We did too. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye. The first Noel